What is going on Wednesday afternoon? Scott Kaplan from the epicenter of the mega market Los Angeles on 710 ESPN. Kirk Morrison's coming up on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I told the story earlier in the day. Rams Chief Operating Officer Kevin Demoff was expected to join us. Kevin sent me a very professional and very friendly text earlier today saying, look, you know what's going on in our city. You know what's going on here in L.A. and you know what's happening with uh, all these COVID tests and, and how it could impact the city, meaning how it could therefore impact our team. And I don't really want to go on radio and say something that's automatically national news when you show up on 710. And he said, I got to bow out today. And I said, well, that's totally cool. And I can respect where you're coming from. Of course, for me, that doesn't work. I'm hoping you say something newsworthy. <laughs> but, but the reality is he, he, you know, I think he's trying to, you know, walk carefully. So I said to my friend Kirk Morrison, I said, I, I need to talk football today. And I know Kirk is going to come up tonight on the Sliwa show, but I had to bring him on. Kirk Morrison, longtime Oakland Raider, played for the Jaguars, the Buffalo Bills, had a great NFL career, and you hear him all over Rams coverage. Kirk Morrison on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Hey, Kirk. Scotty, how you been, my brother? What's good? Oh, man, what is good, man? Lots of things are good. Look, I'm healthy. My kids are healthy. Um, I'm safe. That's all good. How about by you? Are are you good? Same thing, man. Uh, Healthy. Uh, kids are healthy, um, and just uh, just kind of just waiting. It's been the waiting game for us um, in terms of trying to figure out what's going to happen with this fall, right? San Diego County, I know Los Angeles County. Just think of all the counties in terms of what school is going to be like for my little ones. So it's it's just been, uh, I guess, some trying times to say the least now that we try to figure out what the fall is going to look like. All right, let me throw a few things at you right away. If you yeah. were a parent of a high school football player, Mm. Would you let your child play high school football? The, not concussion discussion anymore. Right, Kirk. right, right, right. <laughs> Would you let your kid play high school football this season if high school football were a go? If high school football were a go, I would say yes. I would allow them to play football. Um, I think one of the bigger things is right now is just can you not necessarily guarantee, but can you provide an environment that you know kids? Because I'm seeing kids right now. I have friends all over the country who are putting on football camps. Parents are sending their kids to football camps. Parents are getting their kids prepared for the fall. So I, I'm seeing a lot of uh, parents right now who are willing to let their you know son go out there and play football. And I, I think I would do the same just because I feel like, you know what, at some point the, the fear is always going to be there. But it's just so difficult to tell a young child, you know, young kid, hey, you can't play football this year if they're allowed to. Okay, let me keep going then on this same train of thought here. Do you think college football will kick off this season? Oh, absolutely. I think so. I, I really believe that. And I think with the steps taken by the Big Ten last week, long, as, long, um, as, as well as the Pac-12, uh, we'll see what the SEC, Big 12, and the ACC will have coming up. But I really believe that the Power 5 schools are just going to have a conference-only type of schedule this year now you may have a couple teams who still want to have those rivalry games and things like that but i think college football will be played i just know that there's a lot of schools that are going to be losing out on a ton of uh of money i know a lot of budgets will be affected by COVID 19 but i still feel that football will have to take place in the fall for a lot of schools all right we're talking to kirk morrison longtime nfl linebacker now works for the rams pre and post 
Let me ask you this. Okay, I'm, I'm going, you can hear where I'm headed. High school yes. football, you say, yes, you would let your kid play. Correct. College football, you say, you do expect the season to kick off. Correct. Now you're starting to hear some of the rumblings around the NFL. Like, hey, um, how much are we paid if we don't play? And how much are we paid if the season starts and we don't get to play? And and what are the safety precautions? And we, the players, don't want preseason, but the owners may still want to you're starting to hear a bit of a baseball battle amongst football now, NFL football in particular. So I'll ask you the same question. Do you expect the NFL to kick off on time and play the full 16-game schedule? I believe so. I, I think September 10th is the kind of the date that I have circled. That should be, I think, the original uh, the game between the Kansas City Chiefs, and I believe they take on the, uh, the Texans that day. I just know it's a Thursday night game. September 10th is really the one that I'm circling on my calendar. That's really all the date that matters to me. I think that in a season like this or the uh, 2020 has been a year is going to be of change that will not be like the norm. I believe that we may not see a preseason. Now people are still banking on probably possibly two preseason games. I will be okay with zero preseason games. I think that camps can still start on time. I think some teams are already taking preparation to start on time with the training camps. It's just the fine, you know, the fine print within this CBA for one year is what I think the owners and players are going back and forth. But I think players, they want to go out and play. I mean, you may have a handful of guys who say, you know what, this isn't for me, but I'll tell you this. I think that the, that baseball and the NBA starting up before the NFL actually takes place. I really, I think that that's kind of the, uh, the, the guinea pig for the NFL to see how, what's working for them, what's not working, and can what we do be sustained. But so far, telling every team that they have to have training camp at their facility, that's a big step because now you can you know keep guys close, you can monitor them, you know where they're going, where they're at. That's one step, I think, that helps the NFL for their training camp that gets them ready for a possible season. All right, Kirk Morrison from the Rams broadcast team here on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Here's the last part of this question as i'm doing this football interrogation on you let's <laughs> say you're, let, let's say you're a current nfl player yes okay and you're you're looking at your calendar to see when training camp is supposed to start and when you're supposed to be there correct would you today right now july 15th 2020 if you were an nfl football player would you be committed to playing this nfl football season Whew, i think that one's a different question though that's a more more difficult question Okay. Because I look at, you have to look at where you're at in your career, right? If you're asking Kirk Morrison year one through five or six, there's no doubt in my mind. I'll see you when, when, when's it start? The 28th? I'll be there on the 26th. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm there a couple of days early. All right. But when you think about it, Scott, for guys who've been in the league for a while, made a ton of money, um, you start to have other things going on in your life. When I was a younger player, you know, it was just football, football, football. As I got older, you know, you start having some things going on the side. You got some businesses and you're doing some other things that can take you away. A lot of guys, you know, starting families, things like that, that take you away from the game a little bit. And you start to put priorities in order. And so I think it would be a tougher decision for those guys who've been established, who've probably hit a big contract or maybe two. Those guys may rethink it a little bit. But – it's kind of hard, and this is <laughs> something I've kind of been looking at. But when you look at the two of the, I think, best players in their sport. Now, I know people say, no, it's probably Patrick Mahomes. But I'm saying 
To me, Tom Brady's still the best. Until he retires, to me, he's still the best in the NFL. When he is all go, when the number one player who has the, the greatest resume, one of the greatest careers ever, a for sure first ballot Hall of Famer, when he's out ready to go getting his team together, it's like, man, how can I say no when probably one of the greatest players of all time is saying, you know what, I have, I want to go out and play, I want to go out and compete, go out and compete. I don't understand. I mean, I don't know how much longer I can play. So yes, I am all in. And I kind of compared to LeBron James and what Patrick Beverly had said in the NBA. He said, "Hey, if LeBron said we playing basketball, oh, we all playing basketball. Yeah, that's, that's just right. how it is." So that's exactly that's right. the way I, I, I see the NFL in terms of if I was a player right now, how I would view going into training camp into a season. All right, we're talking to Kirk Morrison here on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Every question I asked you was intended to get to this point, which is this. Football people, yes. I put myself in that world, football people, we're nuts. Like, we're, <laughs> we're out of right. our minds. Like, we, in our <laughs> minds, I had Tony Baselli on last week. I don't know if you know this or not. Tony actually got covid early this is yes. probably uh-huh. like late march-ish right correct he was one of the one of the first ones right and and in his family there are seven people and five of them got it he yes. his wife his three boys his two daughters live in the same house avoided it correct but when i said to tony even though you've already faced covid and you've gotten through it and you were in icu and you were having deep thoughts with yourself if today i said to you you got to go to training camp in two weeks what would you do he said the same thing you said let's go Let's go. <laughs> I'm a football player. That's what I do. We in football, for some reason, and I think it's football, both college and professional football, we are, we're kind of programmed to yeah. try and power through things. Absolutely. And we're, I am, we're, we're, we're programmed. Sorry to cut you off, Scott. No, go. We're programmed and we're trained. I think for, you know, my wife, she always says, sometimes you just, you just so empathetic. You're just, you're never, you're not empathetic kind of thing. And I said, well, it's kind of hard for me. Because I've been trained, I've been, like you mean, I've developed sort of this tough skin that I could have, I, I've seen a guy tear, tear an ACL, I've seen a guy, you know, tear an Achilles tendon, right? I've seen a guy get blown up, and I've seen a coach blow the whistle and say, let's move the drill up 15 yards, like it never happened. Mm-hmm. Like I've been programmed to like, okay, <laughs> tough luck. Let's move on. That is and, such and a we'll, great point. <laughs> but like that's and you you you've been through it, Scott. That you is played. Such a great you, point. And it's like people don't understand. Like I just saw a man tear his ACL. His career may be over, and yet a coach is just hey, move it up fifteen yards. Just keep the drill going. And it's like, what else? Oh, here we go. Can't, and then I had a guy on my team who used to always tell me, once it's happened, it's happened. You can't cry over spilled milk. So what do you do? Go out and go get more milk, right? And that was always the mindset that I had as a rookie when I learned that, Scott. I'm, I'm dead serious, man. To where, yeah, I believe it. To where it's like you got to just go out and you, you hope for the best. Now, look, can look, it's a risk to play football, and it's a risk right now in our country to even walk outside your house at times. But a lot of people are willing to take that risk, especially when it comes, obviously, to uh, the NFL. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. We're talking to Kirk Morrison. He's part of the Rams broadcast here on 710 ESPN. He'll be part of the Sliwa show tonight. Um, and I, I just got to say that I think for the first time, we're starting to hear now, though, star players. I mean, you're, you're hearing a guy like J.J. Watt say things like, look, they're showing me this mask. I've tried <laughs> to use visors. 
hasn't worked in the past. I don't see this as being a good solution. I don't think the inability for you and me, Kirk, to get done with a game, shake hands with each other, give each other our jerseys and take a picture, that's not going to be allowed anymore because that could really you know, spread this thing. <laughs> not, not you and me touching. It's not, right. not sweating on each other, not breathing on each other, you know, not bleeding on each other in a game, but jersey exchange. I, I just wonder if we'll start to see guys in football – like we've seen in Avery Bradley, like we've seen in David Price, basketball and baseball, and there's plenty of other examples where guys have decided to quote-unquote opt out. Will we see that in football? I don't think so. And I, I think the reason why is because last week I had a chance to talk to Wesley Woodyard. He's a longtime NFL linebacker such mm -hmm. as myself, and uh, he's on the executive committee for the NFLPA. And, you know, one of the things that I asked him just about, you know, what's everything that's going on, and he said, look, the NFL is a lot different right than the other sports there is no other league like once you get to the nfl there is no other league right you can't go to the aaf or the xfl like it's only one league and the thing is if you tend to maybe opt out this year well what's going to happen next year because there's another 400 500 plus guys who are waiting to take that job right so i think it's a little bit different where there is no minor leagues there is no g league there is nothing else that hopefully you can maintain a spot the NFL is, if you're not there, it's next man up mentality. It's we're looking for the next best thing. We're looking for the next best quarterback. That's what the NFL is all about. Just because they draft you, you know, first round this year doesn't mean that they'll draft right over you next year. Meaning, you know, that basically, look, you have a short period or a short span to make a ton of money. NFL careers, we know, they last usually about two and a half, three and a half years, if that. So guys have to say, look, I only have a short period of time. I got to go all in because I'm trying to set up more for my future. If I don't do it now, I may not ever get this opportunity. And one of the things he laughed at was that um, he played for Denver when I was with the Raiders, and he said he said the best moments of the game are actually after the game when you <laughs> congratulate some of your right. fellow brethren who, you know, we went to battle for three hours. And after the end of it, be able to shake hands and say, and like he pointed out to me because I never really thought about it, but he was like, he was the coolest thing that I learned from you was that you would go up to one of our linebackers that was on his team, and it wasn't even about the game. It was about how's your family? How's your kids doing? How's mom? How's pop? You guys doing well? That's good, man. I'm going to see you in the offseason. And he said that's when he learned about the camaraderie, yeah. which I think the NFL has to understand. It is more than just, oh, we're trying to keep guys safe. I mean, this is the only time you get a chance to see some guys, too. Very interesting. Really interesting to hear you talk about all of this. We're talking to Kirk Morrison here on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Last thing before you go, I got to hustle, but here goes. Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the Austin Rivers video where he shows <laughs> off? He goes, hey, you see this over here? This yeah. is LeBron's. Like, no, <laughs> not like that room up there. Like, that whole building is LeBron's. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of the reporting has been, you know, sources close to the situation have told me that LeBron is just one of the guys. He didn't bring yeah. his massage therapist. He didn't bring his personal <laughs> chef. He's hanging out with the other players. LeBron's just one of the guys. And then we see that LeBron's got this one building to himself, according to Austin Rivers. And, and I think it makes all the sense in the world, right? Because if you're right. the NBA, there's one guy. If one, mm -hmm. if, if LeBron James were to ever test positive, dude, shut the whole thing down. What do you say to that? <laughs> uh, I'm saying that have you seen the Vegas odds on LeBron testing positive? There, there's wagers that you can now place out there right now. I was looking at me and my buddies are saying like, if LeBron tests positive or he's not in this 
this this uh you know this re uh, redo of the NBA this restart are you even watching like that's how powerful of a player that he is and look like Patrick Beverly said it I I, I thought it was it, people laughed at it but I thought this was this, this was prophecy if LeBron says we hooping guess what we hooping and the NBA understands that its most marketable player has to be comfortable within this bubble. So I'm not surprised. Not every player is the same too, Scott, right? You got to make sure your stars are taken care of. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron guys a little more amenities than what I've seen some of the other players have so far. All right, last thing. I know I've probably said last thing three times, but last thing. Hey, we go way back, Scott. Are you good with me? <laughs> Ed Ogeron, <laughs> the head coach of LSU, told the vice president of the United States today, we need football. My question to you is, do we need yeah. football? If you've ever been to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you tell them no football, <laughs> they'll probably run you out of Baton Rouge. I'm just trying to tell you. <laughs> Last year, my first game was at LSU uh, for ESPN College Football, and I sat down with Eddie O, and trust me, um, they bleed, especially coming off a national championship game uh, that and just the national title, which they won. I just understand that, look, there's California, there's parts of this country that people probably, probably have not experienced you go down to SEC country, you go down to football country, especially down there near Baton Rouge, trust me, uh, they're going to find a way to play football. That's, that's, that's my belief. Yeah, my perception is they're all down there going, you're hell, you're hell right we're playing. You're, you're damn right we're going to play. You know? And then people out here are like, geez, I don't really know, man. And like Mike Bones like, yeah, dude, we're like 50-50 at best, really, maybe. No, uh-uh. I don't really think so. Hey, Kirk, it's great talking to you. We'll be listening to you tonight on the Sliwa Show. Thank you very much for being available, dude. Hey, Scotty. Appreciate it, my man. Always. Appreciate you, dude. All right, there you go. Kirk Morrison giving you Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. And I'll ask you this. Did you know that Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what Geico could already save you. So what is you waiting for? Visit geico.com to learn more. Okay, this whole this word today is in my head. Need, need, need. Do we need football? Do we need sports? Or do we want sports? And, and do we want football? And, and I watched this morning, first take, Max Kellerman and Stephen A. were having the debate that Major League Baseball needs A-Rod and J-Lo to buy the New York Mets. Major League Baseball needs them. That's what he was saying. Let me talk about that. Coming up, this is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Yeah, it's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Thank you very much to Kirk Morrison for coming by. I kind of expected him to say what he said just because I know football people. Football people believe football's happening. Like, if you said to me today, hey, is the NFL going to kick off in September? I'm at 100%. Absolutely. Is the NFL going to get the entire season played through the Super Bowl? 1,000% absolutely. Why? Because nothing stops the NFL. The NFL doesn't care. The NFL hasn't cared about players with concussion problems and the previous generations and taking care of those. They don't care. Like, new, we're playing. We're ball players. And it's like Kirk Morrison said, hey, I see a guy tear his ACL in practice. Coach blows the whistle and goes, okay, move the drill 15 yards down the field. Sorry, buddy. We got to go. I think football people think that the football season will not be impacted in any way other than not having fans. And I don't mean like empty stadiums. I just mean like not having sold out packed stadiums. Who knows? They may even come up with a solution or a plan to put people in the stands like tonight, NASCAR. 30,000 people expected in a NASCAR race in Bristol, Tennessee. You're damn right I'm going to the races. Really? You're not worried at all? Hell no. You gonna wear a face mask? I ain't got one. 
mean, that's, that's my perception of what's going on, that they're going to have 30,000 people at a NASCAR race tonight. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN, and I want you to download the Overheard podcast for curiously delightful conversations overheard around National Geographic's headquarters presented by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Okay, I mentioned this before the break. I wake up in the morning and um, I flip around the channels, you know. I'd like to see what's going on on CNBC. I like to see what's happening with the stock market. Not like because I've got like a ton of money in it. Not at all. It's just like I feel like the stock market kind of gives us an indication of national financial attitude. I don't know if I'm right or not. I just for some reason I'm kind of addicted to it. Then I turn over to first take on ESPN and I saw this morning Max Kellerman and Stephen A. having a debate about does Major League Baseball need Alex Rodriguez and J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, does Major League Baseball need them to buy the Mets? I like Jennifer Lopez. I saw J-Lo at the Super Bowl in Minneapolis on a Saturday night at some kind of like direct TV sort of party that I had to sneak into. And um, she had DJ Khaled open up. You know, and he was kind of on stage with her and he was going, we the best music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We the best music. And J-Lo was just tearing it apart. And she was great. And now, you know, she and, and A-Rod are getting married and she's made an absolute fortune in her career. And he made a fortune in his playing career. And he's still making a ton of money as a broadcaster for ESPN. And he's got a whole bunch of other businesses that he's involved with. And uh, they got lots and lots of rich friends that all would like to put some money together to be a pro sports team owner. And if you were going to own a team, you'd want to be like Steve Ballmer and go write a check for $2 billion and buy the Clippers and let's not compete. Get out of my way. I got this money in my checking account right now. And if you're A-Rod and J-Lo, if you're going to buy a team, you want to be in L.A., you want to be in New York. I mean, not even, not even Miami. I'm just talking New York or L.A. And, of course, buying the Yankees is sexy. And buying the Mets is like buying the Clippers. But you understand, I mean, you get a chance to get your hands on a pro sports franchise. I don't think they're going to get the team. But the question was, does Major League Baseball need A-Rod and J-Lo to buy the Mets? And here's my answer. No. You think the answer is yes, because baseball needs younger people. It needs cooler people. It needs people from the entertainment industry. My answer is no. Just because they bring celebrity doesn't mean they bring operational backgrounds or track records of success and yeah you can hire all the right people don't you just get the sense though that a rod would think dude i played major league baseball let me handle things my answer is no Stephen a my answer is no max major league baseball does not need a rod and j-lo that word today need has come up a lot ed ogeron says earlier today to the vice president of the united states national championship coach down at lsu we need football to return need it NASCAR tonight, 30,000 people. I guess we all need sports. I mean, really, really, really need sports. By the way, I started putting that out there like I do. Sports talk radio host, got to have them. NFL sideline reporter, really need them. Father of a couple of college athletes, really want those sports to be played. Want, need. See what I'm saying to you? I think you do. So, look, when I, when I go back down to the, the want part of this, I want the NBA to work. I want the bubble to work. I'm fascinated by the bubble. Yesterday, I was talking on the air about 
you know, I'm watching these videos of LeBron working out in Orlando, and then I got some videos of AD working out in Orlando, and these guys are doing one-on-one drills, and I'm watching them, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really so fascinated by the basketball part of it. I'm kind of looking beyond these guys. It looks to me like they've built an NBA basketball floor side-by-side parallel to another basketball floor, and if I don't know any better... I think that is a hotel ballroom. I could imagine walking into the hotel ballroom and going, hey, guys, look, this is where I had my bar mitzvah. And now LeBron is playing basketball in this hotel ballroom. And, dude, I watched another video today. ESPN had this video with this guy who handles their social media. I don't know his name. And and he's explaining how they're shooting a lot of this video in Orlando. And they're like, dude, they're playing in these ballrooms of the hotels. And I'm like, yes, I knew it. I could see it. And it's just the wildest thing. And I hope it all works out. And I understand that the NBA gets it that if what Austin Rivers said on his Instagram video as he's walking around the bubble showing things off, if he's right that this one giant hotel is occupied by only one king, LeBron, then they got it because that's the one guy that cannot get it. That's the one guy that has to remain healthy. Play for everybody, Brawny, the Austin Rivers uh, where he kind of rats out the fact that LeBron, well, at least his fact, that LeBron has this whole place to himself. Man, I told y'all, everybody keep asking if I see LeBron, man. Y'all know LeBron ain't staying where we stand, man. Y'all know LeBron got a, he probably, this this LeBron room right here. This this whole thing, this whole damn building LeBron room. And they, they put everybody else over here. Stop asking me that. I know he ain't staying where we stand at. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great. By the way, that's the way it should be. But the, the, the issue is I just keep hearing these reports. Sources close to the situation have told me that LeBron is just a very normal guy. He puts on his pants one leg at, the t- at a time. He wakes up in the morning. He actually does have a movement. He's a regular guy. Okay? I'm telling you, LeBron, according to reports, according to sources close to the situation, he's walking around here. He's, he's with the other guys on the team. He didn't bring his massage therapist. He didn't bring his personal chef. He just wants to be one of the guys. He wants to make a championship run. And then you have Austin Rivers going, you see this whole thing right here? Ain't no LeBron staying with us. LeBron ain't staying with us. Beautiful. All right, listen, coming up, let me have Bergman and Bronstein go to work on me today. Let me have these guys tear the show to shreds. What mistakes have I made? What bad takes have I had? We're all going to find out together. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. What is happening, everybody, on a Wednesday afternoon? Today is day eight of my 10-day contract. My goals are simple. Make it through the show Friday afternoon. That has been my goal from day one. On July 6th, I went like this. I took a big, deep breath and went... And on Friday, July 17th, I'm going to go. It's my goal. Make it through the full 10-day contract. All right. This is the time of the show where I invite Greg Bergman and Adam Bronstein to please come on the air and share with me mistakes that I've made or issues that they have. I just want to make sure I understand. So let's find out together. What happened today that was problematic? Bergman, what do you got? So, Scott, you call me every morning at like 6.30 in the morning when I'm on my walk, right? That's right. 
and we talk about what we're going to talk about and all these different things. We talk about life sometimes too, but we had two really big topics that we thought were going to be a big part of today's show, and we didn't get to either one of them. Mm-hmm. One was about the Dave when Di- Dave Roberts was on to go back call back sound from a couple days ago about him saying that he would choose uh, Mookie Betts first in a in a Dodgers draft, and the other one was about Yasiel Puig being. Um, was about being signed by the Atlanta Braves and how big he is here, still here in L.A. Okay, Neither one of them got touched on. That's true. That, that's completely true. Let me start with the first one. If you missed Dave Roberts, he was on earlier this week, and he was explaining this story that the Dodgers are going to have this um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday little mini Dodgers World Series. And he said, I'm going to take two guys, and they're going to become the captains, and then they're going to pick their teams, and I'm just going to sit back and watch. And I said, okay, if you were a player and you were chosen as a captain, who's your first pick? Here, pl- play for everybody what Dave Roberts said, if you don't mind. And we're going to do something a little bit fun um, with competitive spirit. We're going to have a kind of a little mini World Series, kind of a Dodger summer camp, blue versus white. There's going to be a draft. Uh, Justin's going to be a captain. Kike's going to be a captain. And it's going to be a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday situation. Um, best two out of three. And that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Who gets the first pick? Or are we flipping a coin? How are we going to know? You know what? I'm letting the players kind of figure it out. So we'll see. I'm going to kind of be a fly on the wall watching the draft, and and that's about it. If you were a player and you were chosen as one of these two captains, who's your first pick on the Dodgers? My first pick, I, I, I think, would be number 50, plays right go. field. Number 50 plays right field. You better know, like, every player's number to have caught that really, really quickly. And so, Bergman, your point is that Dave Roberts is immediately choosing – Mookie Betts in his first year with the Dodgers, uh, an AL MVP over the MVP that is right next to him over in center field. So um, I would throw it to you. You're a captain in this Dodgers series. You get the first pick. Do you take Bellinger or do you take Betts? I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm taking Mookie Betts. Uh, I mean, it's pretty widely known that Mookie Betts is the number is the second best player in all of baseball behind uh, Mike Trout. So I know he was with the Red Sox and he beat the Dodgers in the World Series, but and Cody Bellinger has some issues with his, with his swing. Apparently, I'm going with the guy that's been there to give me Mookie Betts. And also that maybe that will then force me to say like, oh, hey, you want to be a Dodger still, and you'll stick around with the Dodgers longer. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Bronny, who would you take? Number one. Oh, I, it's, it, I mean, it's gotta be Mookie Betts. He's the biggest thing in baseball right now. I, I, I like what he did for the Red Sox for, uh, it, it like he, he, he has to be the piece that puts the Dodgers over the hump. Like it's, he's gotta be the best player on that team now. Hey, real quick. Um, by the way, I'm, and, and listen, I think it's really interesting that Dave said that, and you're, it's fair criticism, Bergman, that that we talked about this, and I planned on getting to it. It's like typical. You go into a show, you got like six hours of material, you got three hours of airtime, and you plan on getting somewhere, and you never get there because things happen along the way, like Dwayne Wade getting pa- you know just pounded on on Twitter, or I'm just getting an email right now, and you talk about the change in sports, and I, this is pretty interesting. Horse racing. Del Mar cancels the weekend's races after jockeys test positive for COVID. So they've got a plan to resume racing later on down the summer. But as jockeys are testing positive, all of a sudden, yet another sport impacted by COVID. So these kinds of things happen along the way. Bergman, you mentioned 
Mookie? Oh, sorry. One, th- one. Th- I, I just want to break in real fast. Go ahead. Dwayne Wade has responded once more. So, tell me if this changes anything for you. Dwayne Wade just tweeted, "I was too quick to respond without being fully informed about his hurtful anti-Semitic remarks." As you all know, I have zero tolerance, zero in all caps, tolerance for any hate speech, exclamation point. You know, let me tell you something. Oftentimes, you are on Twitter, you see somebody who mentions you, you like it, you retweet it. As John Ireland pointed out yesterday, compliments get retweeted. Truth be told, I like to to really, I like to retweet insults too, because I think that that's kind of funny. <laughs> but But it is conceivable to me that Dwayne Wade could have seen something of Nick Cannon's. He could have been completely in the dark about the whole story. He could have just heard about the business story, and he could have very easily tweeted, we're with you, Nick. It is conceivable, absolutely. I could, I could totally make the case that that's possible. But dude, when you have that many Twitter followers, when you have that much influence, you should just probably slow down. It's kind of like that old Herm Edwards line, don't press send. You should probably not press send until you really know the story. So, by the way, I love when Dave Roberts said it's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday situation. It's not like a three-game series on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This is a situation. This is a, this is a real, live situation we're dealing with right now. The other story, Bergman, that you mentioned that you said, you know, I didn't get to today, and it's true, has been Yasiel Puig signing with the Braves. You and I have been battling off air. I'm like, I thought Yasiel Puig was a complete pain-in-the-ass diva. Now, he was exciting, and he was fun to watch, and he was unpredictable, but he was shipped out because he never really fit in. I didn't realize your, your argument is, is the opposite. Is that true? Well, my argument is that he's still beloved here in L.A. I, still, I think that most Dodger fans and most just baseball fans in L.A. still love Yasiel Puig. He just played the game the right way. He was, a, he was, he was bad for the clubhouse, and he had, some, he had some major issues. But the dude just was went full out every single game. Like, every single fly ball he was diving for or running into walls for and hurting himself. But it, he played the game with the – they called him the wild horse for a reason because he just went. And it was just – and so I think most people absolutely still love Yasiel Puig. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, I thought he was a big giant pain in the ass. I mean, I thought that, and I thought that's how Dodger fans perceived him. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance and guests today like Kirk Morrison and like Doug Allen earlier appear on ESPN Radio via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Okay, let me flip it. Brawny, um, I've gotten some criticism. I think it's legit from Bergman. What, what have I done today that, that you want to tear apart? I had this whole plan about... You sending me sound to use on the show, like Spencer uh, Denwitty telling players to stay off the snitch line, and Ving Rames from Pulp Fiction telling you you've lost your L.A. privileges, and yet you blew it up because we are out of time, and that's what was wrong with the show today. Okay, You blew so, up the clock twice now. Okay, so what you're saying is is that certain pieces of production that I've already sent to you that you anticipate using don't get used because I'm beating up on this clock. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. I just want to say one thing that when you have Dodger players like Pedro Baez and AJ Pollock and Scott Alexander and Kenley Jansen and guys are starting to make their way back in, you ask yourself questions about what was going on in Jansen's case. He's talked openly about having COVID. Okay. And, um, and I think when you look at the headlines that the 
COVID quarantine rules could potentially put the Dodgers at a disadvantage, meaning if somebody comes in contact, some player comes in contact with somebody in L.A., you got to go away for 14 days. In Atlanta, it may be completely different. My point was that if you come in, if you're a Dodger player and you come in contact with somebody and you've got to be quarantined at that moment, Brawny, this is what that Ving Rames thing was for. You've lost your L.A. privileges. That's what you it was leave for. town tonight. Right now. And when you're gone, you stay gone or you be gone. You lost all your L.A. privileges. Deal? That's you groaning in the background, by the yeah, way. Yeah, man, that's right. That's right. You've lost all your L.A. privileges. No. Yeah, still blew up the clock. I know I did. Hashtag and selfish. And I'll finish it up with this. Don't have time to wax your car? 303 Touchless Sealant is quick and easy. Simply spray on and rinse off. It's that easy. Get ultimate protection and shine in minutes. That lasts up to six months. Now available at O'Reilly, AutoZone, and Advanced Auto Parts. Visit 303radio.com. That's 303radio.com. I accept your constructive criticism, and it is time now for Crosstalk. Here comes Mason and Ireland. They're next. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Here comes Crosstalk on Mason and Ireland. Here we go. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I had tickets to see uh, Guns N' Roses at SoFi Stadium in August. How'd that that go for you? Not happening. Not happening. But I love Guns N' Roses. Great band. Would you go if there were 20,000 people allowed in a 70,000-seat stadium? It's a very good question. Um, I wouldn't do it for Guns N' Roses. I would do it for Taylor Swift, though. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I got you. I do it for Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Are they still playing? Yeah. Are they? T- totally. That's yeah. such a it's such the heart of heart of grunge. Oh, the yeah. heart of grunge. I think so. So uh, what's uh, now? First of all, I gotta I, I want to speak on behalf of um, of management and say why are you abusing the clock in the way that you are? Apparently, you're just running roughshod over all of the well-laid plans of our management. What are you thinking? Well, I tried to stick to Greg Bergman's clock as as best I could. Mm -hmm. I I know he likes to play the statistical games. I know he likes to try and figure out radio ratings and things like that. Oh, yes. I was very interested in sticking to his clock. Uh, But then sometimes good content happens, and then you're just like, what time is it? Oh, darn, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Are we on the air? Forgot about that. Yeah. So it happens. I have a tendency to do that. I've uh, I've blown up my share of clocks. Ireland, you're not really you don't really blow up clocks the way I blow up clocks. I, I but I'm against the clock more than anyone who works here. I, against I, I it. believe I believe we should do the Howard Stern clock. We just Yeah, go. that doesn't that doesn't fly unfortunately, but Yeah. I mean, I know you think that, but I think that No, I know. Cuz there's no nobody on terrestrial radio does that. Right. Um but isn't that Well, the- he did for years. See, and I think I'm with you, John. Well, I think that if you've got something good going, like, for example, Scott, you had Jerry West last week. I'm not hanging up on Jerry West to get on the clock. All right? It just it doesn't make sense. And by the way, in Scott's defense, he didn't. He blew up the clock right. to talk to Jerry West. <laughs> right. Which is, which is what you should do. The clock is, the clock is they're guidelines. They're just guidelines. Like you asked me last night in the middle of crosstalk. Hey, aren't weren't we supposed to break five minutes ago? I'm like, screw break five yeah. minutes ago. I'm no longer going to correct. I thought about this after that. I'm no longer going to correct you on the clock. I'm just going to let you blow it up every time. You blew it up twice yesterday. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm no longer. Who cares? Seriously. Me and Scott Kaplan blowing up clocks. Yeah, you hear that, I mean, Bergman? 
we're in a we're in a pandemic. I'll let you deal with. I the never wrath, met a clock I couldn't blow up. The wrath of the management team. And Steve, this comes from your you know again your programming director days early in Toledo, Ohio. Yes, oh, it absolutely does. Nobody, <laughs> I'm telling you, if somebody uh, screwed up the clock in those days, they they were out. They were gone. <laughs> that was a very careful clock that I put together. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Really, so really was, careful. If it was your clock, they had to stick to it. But if it's not your clock, screw it. Yeah, no. Now I'm just talent. Now I'm talent. I can do anything I want. When, I, when you're talent, you can do anything you want. That's the beauty of being talent. Uh, it's great. I'm with you, John Ireland. I think this. You ready? If I said to you, do 50 minutes straight with no commercial yeah. breaks, but at the end, you're going to have to come up with 12 minutes straight of commercials, which means everybody's going to leave you for 12 minutes. I would say, yeah, but everybody stuck with me. They couldn't leave for the 50 minutes prior to that. And what you do is it's like, um, it's like changing your defense in the NFL. You don't tell them you're going to do that. You just kind of – you want them to think that you're going to come back at any second. So that's why staying on the same exact – like I, the stations I listen to, I know when they're going to break, and I, I just flip around. What you want is them never knowing, like feeling that they're going to miss out on something if they leave. But it, that's hard to do. It's hard to convince people of. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job, John. I think you've sold it. Greg, is Greg Bergman still on the line? Did you, did you, did you buy – are you yeah, buying what uh, John Ireland is selling there? <laughs> no, but either way, the clock is. I when you have, I, I had no issue when. Um, well, obviously when you you've been producing clock. Kaplan show all week. You have no issue with the clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think I think if you have a good interview or if you have a good subject going and it's keeping people entertained, we can figure out ways to get around the clock and, and double up commercials or whatever it happens to be. I did it with you guys all the time. Yeah, would go too far. As long as you get those five minutes in. And that's a little bit inside, but if you get five minutes in, <laughs> you think that that like, far in, okay, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's change what subjects. Does what does it matter? Jesus. It doesn't matter. Hey, hey Mace, <laughs> what do you, you said, care? You, you you're, like, you're the truth guy. <laughs> Mace, you said change subject. Did you guys happen to hear? And we talk about this all the time. You know what's going on in sports? How's it going to work? Who needs yep. to come back, etc. Today, my guys down at Del Mar at the racetrack had to shut down for a couple of days because jockeys are testing positive. Really? Yeah. Jockeys are testing positive. Right. Wow. Are they yeah. – I wonder if the jockeys are – like, do they still have a jockey's room? Yeah. Where they apparently, all hang out? Yeah, there it apparently, is. Apparently, at Los Alamitos, before they – in between Santa Anita and Del Mar, they go to Los Al, and the jockey room there is, like, real, real tight. That's kind of the word I've heard. And these guys were all on top of each other. Now, a couple weeks later, they get down to Del Mar, take these tests, positive, positive, we got to shut down. Wow. Yeah, see, that's the problem. I mean, that jockey room is probably like super spreader room. Everybody gets together in one room in an enclosed space, which, by the way, is not unlike a locker room, uh, which is what we're all going to, what, what all these sports are going to be dealing with. But you get into a small enclosed space and it spreads like crazy. The problem is it's so friggin', uh, it's so friggin', uh, uh, it passes so easily. You know, it's it's like it's so transmissible uh, that uh, that anytime you're dealing with a closed space, you're you're going to be in trouble. It's now, a mess. It's a mess. I my mom it fills me in every day. My mom, 
uh, will call me and say, here's what the governor said, and here's what the mayor of Los Angeles said, because they run them live on uh, the Spectrum channel. So she always has the bleakest of views about what's going on in the world. I don't think it's that bad, but mom, mom and the governor are super tight now. They, my mom loves the governor. Really? I'm telling you, it's the hair. Yeah, I think she'd run away with, uh, with Gavin Newsom. Is that right? Yeah. John, you have great hair too, John Ireland. Not um, as good as some Mason. Some words that have never been said before. Yeah. No, no. no yeah, well, compared, to Ma- compared to Mason, <laughs> not, not close. But I, I'm happy. I, actually, um, I, today's my birthday. I turned 57 today. 57 years old. And happy you, birthday, John you, Ireland. Scott, if you would have told me I can hang on to this much by uh, the time I'm 57, I'm okay. Most of the guys that are the age of Mason and I, how old are you, Scott? I am 50. Okay, so we're a little older than you. Um, most of the guys our age, a uh, lot of them sporting no hair at all. So uh, I, I'm happy with the uh, lot in life that I have. <laughs> well, happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Now, what do you do for your birthday during a pandemic? What, what, what's the big plan tonight? You can't go out to dinner. Are you having people over? Just my mom. My mom's, just your mom. Yeah, my mom's coming up, and we're eating just the four of us here. Uh, but what's weird is, so our family is very spread out in terms of birthdays. Lisa Mace is right before you. She's on Correct. March. She's in March. March 19th. And her birthday got kneecapped by COVID. Now, my birthday, July 15th, has been kneecapped by COVID. Mm-hmm. And Jack, my son, asked me if I think his birthday will be kneecapped by COVID, which is December 16th. What do you guys think? Great question. Um I mean, do you want do you want the optimistic answer or the real answer? The real answer. Um, I I have a feeling probably kneecapped. We're not going out for his birthday either. Yeah. So we'll be zero for three in twenty twenty. I need twenty twenty to get over. Everybody needs twenty twenty to go. Hell with twenty twenty. F twenty twenty. You suck. <laughs> it, it is. It is not good. I know. Um. But uh, well, Scott, you have two more days left in your ten-day contract. Are you do do you feel like you're like you're winding down or you're revving up? I feel like I'm winding down. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm winding down. Yeah, I definitely feel like after having not been on the radio every day, I was on the radio every day for like I don't know sixteen years or so. And in the morning, like we started, which is a different animal. Right, morning radio turned into afternoon drive radio. And, and I always would say to myself, gosh, the only thing that sucks about this gig is that it's literally every single day and, and there's no flexibility at all. And um, after two weeks of doing daily radio, I'm like, I'm ready to go back to whatever it was that I was doing before. Really? So you're retiring? I don't know about retiring, like semi-retiring. Yeah, I'm You're semi-retired, semi-retired from right. radio. Well... I, and you know, I don't know until. Let me know how. Let me know how that is. That sounds very enticing. That sounds. That sounds so good. I know. You know, it sounds good because because it is. I mean, I not not to complain, but it's a grind to come up with three and a half fresh hours a day, uh, and we do a pretty good job of coming up with forty five minutes of it. Um, <laughs> but but you know what? The moment it stopped, I would miss it. Well, you do miss it, and it's the weirdest thing is is that when I did go off radio. I didn't know what I was going to do exactly, and I started podcasting because my young producer said to me, you don't need the radio transmitter. You've got YouTube, and I thought, "What? I don't know what you're talking about, and um, over the course of the year, I never really missed it because I just was on every day, and so 
Um, I like podcasting every day. I think that's cool. I like being a tech startup entrepreneur. I mean, I've just released this mobile app cited and I, I really want to like, cause if you, I know you've been in Steve, other businesses, when you get to what you think is a finish line, like yep. in this case, launching the app, like I can't tell you how many times I had to go back and forth to Apple and appeal to them on my hands and knees. I had to bend the knee to Apple and say, please, 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 if we don't get this app in the app store, you're going to crush our business. And they're like, yep. yeah, we, we know that. We're Apple. We get it. And so in launching a mobile app. So why do you think they finally uh, did it? Why do you think they finally gave you your wish? Yeah. Did you grease uh, some palms? What did you do? I didn't. And I, I swear to you, I was saying the same thing. I'm like, gosh, we must know somebody. And they're like, no, you got to understand the Apple culture. What happened was we put in the app and you know, look, it's a discussion app. It's a debate app. It's a, it's a every debate game. I've done. I've won. Is that true? I've won every debate on, on your app. What okay. determines the winner, Scott? The, the voters. So okay. when, when there's a topic, you pick a side, you then defend that side, and then people either like your commentary and you move up the board, or you don't get votes. And at the end of the debate, when the debate actually clicks to zeros, there's a winning side and there's a losing side, and whoever's got the most votes on the winning side, that person is declared the winner. They take down all the points, and then they move up the leaderboard. So... I, I ha there's this one segment, though, called COVID-19, because I think you guys would agree, whether it's sports or finance, every conversation can be related to COVID right now. Some lower level Apple person gets the app and they do a review and they see the word COVID and they go, oh, no, no good COVID. And they came back to us and they said, you're a healthcare app. And I went back to them and I said, no, no, no. Whoa. We're yeah. a discussion app. We're a debate app. We're not a healthcare app. And they're like, well, the word COVID is right there. You have to have a hospital behind you or a healthcare company behind you. I said, no, we're not. And so as it moved up the ladder where people were actually able to make decisions, they went, oh, no, no, you're not a healthcare app. You're a debate app. Fine. You're in the app store. But it took forever. Did you go straight to Tim Cook? I did CEO not go straight to Apple. Tim Cook. I did not go to Tim Cook. See, I I'd go I straight have. to the top. Go straight yeah. to the top right mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have. I, his, his, his email is probably like Tim at Apple.com. It been probably able to is. That out. Tim. Tim. <laughs> It probably is <laughs> right? Tim at Mac.com. There are some ridiculously obvious emails, like uh, like really famous people that when I see what their email is, I'm like, really? Like, I'm surprised people haven't figured that out. It's like somebody's name at Gmail. Right. Yeah. Right. Everybody's got one, you know, and I probably should have just done that, Steve. I probably should have just said to Tim Cook, hey. Hey, listen, Tim. I, hey, Tim. Tim I, I need a hand over here, will you? You're killing yeah. me. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely excited. Well, congratulations on launching the app. That's a that's a great thing. Well, thanks. I'm excited. We all to get we all got it. our side ventures. Ireland's side venture is the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Are you still um, in the movie theater business? I'm not, but my side hustle is now my uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. You've got multiple side hustles. Everybody needs a side hustle. John, would you say your side hustle is uh, is the Lakers? Well, it depends what time of the year it is. Right now it is because the Lakers aren't playing. But in two weeks, it becomes like 50-50. It becomes like I'm, I'm spending as much time on that as I am on this. So it's, uh, it depends. And then during the season, I just have blinders on. Yeah. I mean, I'm just running from one place to the other. But um, I'm hoping the Lakers go deep, deep into October. Yeah. And then, and then re, you know, they'll reboot in December. So I'm Doesn't that sound weird? I hope the Lakers play deep into October. Yeah. What are they going to win the World <laughs> Who Series? I thought that sentence would right. be said. Not me. Deep into October. <laughs> That's crazy. LeBron it's such becomes an insane Mr. October. Year.
Yeah. <laughs> no, it really is. Well, gentlemen, have a great show. It is great to be with you. It's going to be a fantastic show, by the way. I know. It. I don't I, mean just great. I mean fantastic. It's in honor of John Ireland's 57th birthday. This is go. going to be the best show we do all year long. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And then I'm going to get undecided, and I'm going to go debate you, and I'm going to win every debate that you are in, Steve Mason. I will kick your ass. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the great debater. That's what I, they call me. I am very concerned. I'm going on there right now. Happy birthday, John Ireland. Thanks Thank to the sir. entire crew for making this happen today. We're back tomorrow for day nine of ten. This has been Crosstalk, and now here comes Mason in Ireland. Until tomorrow, Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Peace.